Let's look at 1 Corinthians 2 in verse 9. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. You know, recently we're talking about being born again. We may talk about that again. But I want people to realize what it means to be a Christian. What it really means. When you begin to see scriptures like this, about God revealing things to us, but also they are things that are not revealed to the world. Or to we, the men outside the kingdom. But they also, and I know some of you may be looking at an amplify, but that first thing talks about an unveiling. Which if it's unveiled to us, then it must be veiled to others. How many times have you run into people, and there's one speaking today, me, who... Before I knew that Jesus died for me, and before I said, Jesus, come into my life, I couldn't read the Bible. I'd try to read it, and I'd talk to people that I know that really don't know the Lord, and say, oh yeah, I've read the Bible from cover to cover. But reading it doesn't seem like it revealed things to them. There was still a power and a truth that was veiled. Because there's a secret place of the Most High, you know, the 91st Psalm. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall remain stable and fixed under the shadow of the Almighty. So there's a place in God that we want to be. So let's go back to that John 3.3. Talk about that a little bit. After I gave the message the first time, uh, I've seen a couple things more that... Uh, I'd like to bring forth, but in John 3, 3, and as I did a short time ago, I said 3, 3, and then I started in verse 1 of John 3, and of course that tells how it happened. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Now, you know, as I, as I teach this, as I bring this forth, I realize there are people today, even people I know, that would be ashamed to ask me about the Lord. They want to know what makes a, a believer tick sometimes, and yet they don't want anybody to see them talking about it. Now, I'll be honest with you, the first time I found out I wasn't saved and found out what it meant and found out I wanted to, I wanted to know Jesus when I went in the bedroom that night in our house, I closed the door. I didn't want anybody to see me praying. What does that say? It says, I have an understanding for people that don't yet know. Amen. They're not bold. So that's Nicodemus. He was an important guy, right? But he didn't want anybody to see him approaching this man called Jesus. 
Now Jesus said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So he was laying it right down. He didn't mince words. He didn't get real diplomatic and say, Well, now, Nicodemus, I know you're a very important man, and I know you must have favor with God because you're a very important man. You're all these things. He didn't say that. He said, Listen, my friend, one must be born again to see the kingdom of God. So now we, we go through that. Again, Nicodemus says, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into the mother's womb and he's born? And Jesus said something profoundly. He said, I say to you, unless one is born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now I did a little more study in the in meantime. What does that water mean? Well, first of all, we're talking about a spiritual assignment here to of anyone. You want to be a part of God's kingdom, it's going to come through the water and the Spirit. What's the water? Well, we, we covered some scriptures last week, but I've looked in. The water is always, in throughout the Bible, a type of the Spirit. It's also a symbol of cleansing. Yeah. But, you know, although some... In fact, some denominations would say, well, that's water baptism, but it can't be. It cannot be water baptism, no matter how uh, many people may hear this and say, Gary, you're wrong. No, it cannot be because it's a spiritual, spiritual situation. Mm-hmm. Taking a bath is very physical, isn't it? <laughs> Taking a bath is simply cleansing a human body. Uh, so it can't be. But the word is translated properly. It does mean water. But it's still a symbol of cleansing. And it's it's a symbol of the Holy Spirit cleansing. It's at that point, when you get born again, uh, even though we don't understand all these things, it's at that point that we are redeemed. That's where the redemption talked about in Ephesians. I won't go there right now, but there's a redemption talked about in Ephesians and other places. That's where this takes place. You're instantly redeemed. But also, when we go born of the Spirit, we're talking about the Holy Spirit. We're talking about a word that's very clearly the breath of God. So the water cleanses. At that point, you're forgiven of all your sins. At that point, you're redeemed from the sin of Adam. So that's the water. And by the Spirit, again, in review of that, that's where this breath of God is breathed into you, and you become become alive to God. You become a living, breathing spirit, just like in Genesis when you first raised up Adam before Adam sinned. He breathed the breath of life into Adam, and Adam became a a walking, talking, really, God of this earth, honestly. But he had the life of God in him. He was able to converse with God through that breath. Same with us. Once you are born again by the water and the Spirit, you're not only cleansed by the water, cleansed, Uh, from a standpoint of redemption of your life, but now you have the power of God in you. Do you know what that does for you? 
that puts the human spirit on the same plane as God. Then you've never heard that before. It puts you on the same plane. How do I know that? Because in Ephesians, and we could turn there if you want, but how, what does Ephesians say? It said that Jesus is raised up at the right hand of the Father. And in the second chapter of Ephesians, it said we're, we're seated together with Him in heavenly places. Are we not at the same plane? Are we not? It says that in Ephesians 2, 6, and raises us up together. Uh, in verse, let's just go look at this. In, in the second chapter of Ephesians, uh, it says here, But God, who is rich in mercy because of His great love with us, which He loved us even when we were dead in trespasses. See, we had the sin of Adam on us, and we had our own sins, right? We're dead in trespasses, but we were made alive through Christ, through that anointing, and raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We're in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. We're raised up to that same plane. Amen? Amen. So what's so big about that? Well, that's pretty big. <laughs> I think that's pretty big. That puts us in a different realm than what we would priorly have been. Does that put us in a higher plane than man? Yes. We're still men and women in the natural realm on this earth, but God has redeemed us from darkness, translated us into His kingdom. How does it work? I don't know. It works by, okay, I'll tell you how, uh, the other way that this, this works is uh, that word in that which is born of flesh is flesh, that's what's born of the Spirit is spirit, and you have the word along. Most of you know, 3, 5, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of the water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Okay. He cannot. He cannot. He cannot. And why is that? Well, it's because it's because the natural man cannot know the things of the Spirit of God. 1 Corinthians 2. Keep your finger in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 2. 10. And let's go back there again to, to 1 Corinthians. So we, we were in verse uh, 9 and 10. At 10, we uh, again going on that. He has revealed them to us through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. Now, verse 11, For what man knows the things of man except the Spirit of man that is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. So, see, if you're not born again, the Spirit of God and the human spirit have no communication. That's called being in darkness. Verse 12, Now we have received not the spirit of this world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. How did we get there? By being born again. By being born of a cleanse, by cleanse, and by having the spirit breathe life into us. These things also speak not in words that man's wisdom teaches us, but the Holy Spirit teaches comparing spiritual 
things with spiritual. Now, verse 14. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolish to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Again, oftentimes we run into people and they really want to they really want to know the, they really want to know things and and what i've noticed too over the years i've run into people that that said well uh, i really think so and so really wants to be a christian but they just don't they refuse to uh, become a christian you know they'll say things like that in judgment and more than once i can't think of exactly every situation but more than once when that person just couldn't figure out how to get there and other family members were browbeating that person and say, yeah, he's so ugly or she, she just refuses. And, you know, sometimes as simple as walking up to that person and say, give me your hand, uh, repeat this after me, Jesus. Uh, I really honestly say I've been there for more than one of those times. It's just that nobody really helped him get over the hump. Introduce him to Jesus. Quit trying to make people spiritual. Quit trying to make them religious. Quit trying to browbeat them about going to some church. I mean, this is real stuff. You know, I like to, I like to deal with real stuff and real things about people. God wants everybody in his kingdom. He wants all to be saved. He doesn't say he wants everybody in church. But a lot of people get confused about that. He doesn't say, I want all, all to be in church and never perish. No, I've never seen anything in the Bible that says that's the case. I know he wants us in fellowship one with another. And, you know, we have plenty of that. But no, what he wants is to everybody be born again. Yeah. You're listening to this today and say, well, I don't know if I'm really born again or not. Well, I'll tell you a good way to check that out is say, Lord, I want to be born again. Why don't you come into my life today, right now, Lord, uh, Jesus, I want you to come into my life right now. I believe you died for me. I believe you died, you're raised from the dead three days later, and you're seated at the right hand of God. And I believe that if I ask you to come into my life today, I will be saved. I will be born again. And the rest of it's up to you, Lord. I just ask you to take my life and do something good with it. Hey, that's not too hard, is it? I wish somebody had done that to me when I was maybe 12, 10, 9, 25, whatever. You know, I wish somebody had done that for me uh, one, one time in a terrible situation where I was glad to be alive that next day. But thank God there was a little chapel somebody put up there on that post in the middle of, the, middle of a war zone, and some pastor got up and must have preached real good. I went to that church. I didn't know what I was going to get out of it. And unfortunately, I didn't hear that message that day. I could hear the B-52s dropping bombs because they'd done it all night long. And they were still dropping them all day long. So I got loaded 45 on my hip, you know, as I go into this little chapel. I wish that man would have said, hey, everybody right now, what I want you to do is say, Jesus, come into my life. I would have done it so fast. Because I didn't, I was just glad I was alive that day. And I mean it seriously. <laughs> the night before was pretty rough. So enough said, but the witness is, 
it's so easy to become part of God's kingdom. And, and it's done with what we see as the word of God. We're cleansed by his word, and that word is logos, and we'll talk about it a little more. But let's finish up here in 1 Corinthians, because this has got to do with being born again by the water and the spirit. In verse 15 of 2 Corinthians, I mean, sorry, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 15, but he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is righteously judged by no one. We're free. Once you're born again, you are free. You're in God's grace. Doesn't mean we can't grow, but we must grow. But here in verse 16, here's where it all comes together. For who has known the mind of the Lord that may, may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. It's infused into us. It's been put into us. We're at, we're at a plain level enough. He's raised us up together with Jesus. And now God can look at us and, and Jesus can look at us and call us brothers and sisters. Not slaves and servants or whatever. But he can look at us and what we know is the mind of Christ. That mind of Christ, that mind of Christ gives us the thoughts feelings, and purposes of his heart. Let's go over that again. The mind of Christ means we have the thoughts, feelings, and purposes of his heart. Amen? It's transforming if we allow it to be. It puts us on a different level. And the thing is, from there, we can rise up to whatever level that we choose. We can go on with Him. We can do great things. We can do great and mighty things because He has done it. Philippians 2.5 is an, another little confirmation of this. And I want to read it today in Philippians 2.5, which reiterates this again, starting in verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Reiterated, we have the mind of Christ, right? That's right? Who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. Our Lord, by the Holy Spirit, wants us to see us at His level. Now, we're not God the Creator. I'm not saying that. But at the same time, He wants us to realize there's no hum humility and say, oh, I'm so lowly, I'm so no good, and I don't really know if God even loves me. There's, no, there's nothing in that for anybody but a, but a self-degrading uh, thing to say. What I want to say is I want this mind to be in me as it was in Christ Jesus. I want to know his thoughts. I want to know his feelings. I want to know his purposes, not only for my life, but everyone that would, would listen to what I have to share with them. I want, to, I want us all to be there. And, of course, verse 7 reiterates that, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a servant, and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. And because he that, did that, therefore God also highly exalted him, 
and gave him a name which is above every name, and that the name of Jesus every knee should bow, and those in heaven, and those in earth, and under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. 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 If you can confess that with your mouth and mean it in your heart, you're in a good place. Jesus is Lord to the glory of God. And he did all this that I just read. He did all that for you and for me. But he also did it for the Heavenly Father. Why? Because in the very, the very reason that God created man was to have fellowship with him. But see, when the sin of Adam and all this, and you go back and study this all out, but that severed that, that relationship. Our Heavenly Father had to have been very sad at that point. That he'd done all this, he'd created somebody in his image, put the very breath of life in him, which is the, which is the golden treasure of all things, the life, of the life of God. That's what makes us all something special, <laughs> the life of God. And yet he lost that. So what he did, sent Jesus in his form, form of the Godhead, but he humbled himself. And said, I'm just, I'm, I'm a man right now, and I'm going to be obedient to the point of death because I'm going to redeem man. It was a glorious day when, when he gave his life on the cross, but then the most glorious was when he arose again the third day. A glorious day for all of us. A glorious day. A glorious day. That, that's a glorious day. Why is it so glorious? Because it, it put man back in fellowship with, with our Heavenly Father and gave you and I a, a life that we can't even begin to understand the fullness of it. But it's not hidden from us. It's unveiled to us. And that's why we do this. That's why we teach this Word. We grow in this Word. That's why we have the Holy Spirit. That's why I breathe the life of God, that breath of life, because it brings forth that fellowship of the Holy Spirit. And he said, by the Spirit of truth, we can know all things. Things that are hidden from men are not hidden from the person that's willing to take on the Holy Spirit by being born again. Praise the Lord. It's will that we born again. If you're listening to this, just, just simply ask Jesus to come into your life today and don't figure out how he does it. Just do it like I did one time. Get set free and in Jesus' name.